49ers cutback podcast time welcome to the show everyone just want to talk playoffs and there are so many question marks for the 49ers after what some would describe a disappointing outing against the green bay packers but now on the horizon is the detroit lions and with it come a new set of standards in which you have to meet the detroit lions are not going to be an easy team to defeat they've been very talented they have dan campbell at the helm and they are a successful group. Uh, just looking at how they've handled the season this year, they've done a very good job of making sure that they are always staying balanced on offense and making sure they have effective, timely passing. So, of course, if you come in the chat and you want to leave questions, go ahead. I'll get right into those. I definitely want to interact with everyone that joins chat in this episode, uh, so don't be afraid to leave questions. But I'm also going to tackle some questions that others have been uh, asking me, sending me emails and asking me questions and through DMs and whatever uh, to, to kind of get an idea of the 49ers versus Lions and this matchup. And I think there's some real interesting matchups in this game. I think it starts as, as probably the biggest matchup of the game has got to be Colt McKivitz uh, versus Aiden Hutchinson. It's probably the one that's going to give the 49ers uh, the most sleepless nights because they have to figure out how they can give Colt McKivitz some help. Cold McKivitz needs a little bit of help over there. They're going to have to chip. They did a little bit of that in the Green Bay Packers game. Uh, they chipped on Rashawn Gary and gave him a little bit of extra help with George Kittle at the helm. But they've got to make sure that they take care of Aiden Hutchinson because he can absolutely be a game wrecker in this situation because the dude has every single skill set you're looking for in a pass rusher. He's got the speed element. He's got the ability to bend the corner. He's very flexible with his hips. He can get low. Uh, he has the handwork to be able to get his hands on you and then disengage. He's got good inside moves. I've talked a lot about the things that Colton McKivis does well. He's pretty good at anchoring, so he can usually take on a, a uh, pass rush of a bull rush. But when it comes to the other things, he struggles with speed and he struggles with changing direction quickly. And I think that's one thing that Aiden Hutchinson does well. He changes directions and does a very good job uh, you know, making sure he can get the inside pass rush. So I would say that's definitely something I am worried about. And and thanks so much, Bryant. Bryant says, smash that like button, everyone. Yeah, please smash the like button uh, and leave comments. You know, let's, let's have a fun conversation. I'm looking forward to it. Like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. I'm on the push for 5K, getting really close. Uh, so thank you, everyone that's been subscribing lately. And the OGs that have been here since the beginning. And if you're listening on audio platform, 49ers cutback on Believe, please give it a five-star rating. And then if you're going to bet this weekend, bet with Bet Online With the NFL playoffs here and the NBA season in full swing, Bet Online has you covered with all the up-to-the-second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today and get in on the action and see all the updated odds. Remember to use your promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. 
And uh, thanks, Brian. Brian says, you will get it. Yeah, I, I believe I will. I have a lot of faith in the people that listen, and I'm uh, always excited to get into these conversations. And KNDR, what's up to my guy KNDR? Since the last time uh, the Lions w- won a conference championship was 66 years ago against the 49ers. Uh, it's crazy to think that it's been 66 years since the Detroit Lions were able to win a conference championship. And the fact that it's against the 49ers doesn't make me feel good. Uh, so thanks, KNDR. But I think it could be a different story this time. I think it should be a different story this time. The 49ers team is built uh, to win these kinds of games. They're built to beat uh, tough opponents. They have a very good running game. They have a very talented wide receiver group. And they have talent at the tight end position. Uh, the question mark is more so going to be on the offensive line. If the offensive line blocks the way they did early on in the Green Bay Packers game, we could have some issues. If the offensive line steps up and plays the way that they've played throughout the season, then the 49ers are going to have a really good opportunity to beat the Detroit Lions. But the Lions defense is very good at stopping the run. That's one thing they do very good. And part of the reason they do that successfully is the guys up front. Aiden Hutchinson, who I brought up earlier, he does set the edge pretty well in the run game as well. He's a complete defensive end. So if you're going to get push on him and get movement, you're going to have to give a lot of effort, and it's going to fall on Colton McKivitz. It's going to fall on Kyle Juszczyk, Jawan Jennings, George Kittle uh, to help Colton McKivitz get push on Aiden Hutchinson. And then on the inside, Aleem McNeil. Uh, I think this guy's an underrated defensive tackle. I don't hear him get enough respect for what he does. He's a very gritty, grimy guy. Uh, but he's got the ability to penetrate. He reminds me a lot of a DJ Jones kind of player where he can penetrate, but he can still play well against the run. Not a very tall guy, a short stature guy, but very physical, uh, very strong, hard to move out of the area. And he's going to be a tough task for the 49ers interior offensive line who sometimes play a little bit higher than they should. Uh, but Feliciano had some struggles last week. Uh, Spencer Burford uh, played pretty good in that game. And then you had uh, also Aaron Banks had a little bit of struggles, but mainly Banks' struggles more so in pass protection. But 49ers are going to have their hands full on the inside, uh, especially with Jake Brendel as well. Benito Jones, a solid guy on the inside. And then John Kaminsky sets a very solid edge and plays well there. But he has the ability to get home in the pass rush. I don't think he's going to get home against Trent Williams. So the, the fact that it's going to be Trent versus Kaminsky makes me happy. I think the 49ers have an opportunity to run the football uh, to the left side of the offensive line as long as Banks and Trent Williams can be effective in that area. When you're talking linebackers, Jack Campbell, good player. Alex Anzalone, uh, he's going to be flying around. 49ers will maybe struggle with his speed a little bit, but should be able to physically be able to get some movement when they push the second level. And then Derek Barnes as well. So, uh, 49ers are going to have their hands full creating a run game against this talented Detroit Lions front seven, uh, but they have the ability to do so. And the way you have to do it is you just have to make sure you're executing at a high level. We did not see high-level execution against Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay, I got to give them credit, and I've said this on other shows, their late movement against motion created some bad angles for 49ers offensive linemen. And when you move a half a man or a full man in the direction in which the team is expecting or the opposite of the team is expecting you to be, uh, it takes away the lanes. And when those lanes aren't there for you to be able to get there and block them, it creates an opportunity for the defense uh, to take away your run game. And that's what they were doing. Green Bay also ran a lot of six man fronts 
uh, to prevent the 49ers from being able to run the football. Two high safeties, six uh, players along the front line with one linebacker. It was interesting the way that they went about it, but it was effective early in that football game. So I think the 49ers are going to have to make sure they're executing at a high level in this game in the run game. Yes, it's going to be tough sledding in the run game. 88 yards per game for Detroit is, is tough to run against, but if you can establish a run game and it doesn't even have to be a great run game, it just has to be a good one, then you can set up everything you like to do in play action. Now, you're also might be playing without Debo Samuel. And if you're playing without Debo Samuel, it adds extra issues to the offense because you have to be able to handle him going in motion. If you're the Detroit Lions, you have to handle uh, him potentially getting the ball in the run game. You have to handle him getting it in the screen game. There's a lot to prepare for if you're dealing with Debo. Now, if you're not dealing with Debo, then you take away parts of your game. Now, how do you handle not having Debo in the offense if you're Kyle Shanahan? Well, first thing I would do was I would set up a big part of this game plan um, that has Debo, and I would have another part that doesn't. And I would focus in and go in. Uh, I'm sure they'll have a clear plan when they get into Friday. That's usually when they put in their final install of whether Debo is going to be playing or not. But you have to make sure you have the guys ready because the truth of the matter is with Debo Samuel, you're locked, loaded, and ready to go, and you can do everything you want to do on offense. Without Debo Samuel, you're going to have to count on a variety of different players to do some of the things that Debo does. And when I talk of variety, I mean a lot. And you're going to have to count on George Kittle. There was a play in the, in the last series of the game where the 49ers beat Green Bay where they used Kittle in the backfield. It was a very Debo-esque play. He was in the backfield with Christian McCaffrey, and they both ran to the flats, setting up screens to each side. That is uh, one thing we saw from him. Then they had Conley on the scramble play by Brock on the last drive, backpedal and go backwards before he released up field. That is another thing they've done with Debo before. He becomes an outlet, and what he does is occupy a safety to run up. Now, it didn't work with Conley, but it was a still a Debo kind of play with somebody else doing it. I think to make up for Debo not being in the game, the 49ers might have to turn to several different players. Uh, George Kittle, Chris Conley, uh, Ray Ray McLeod, Juwan Jennings, probably Christian McCaffrey at times, Elijah Mitchell. It would take a variety of different guys to make up for the things that Debo does. That's how talented and that's how effective he is inside this offense. So I think the 49ers want Debo to be in there. We'll see with no structural damage to Debo's shoulder. It's all going to be about pain tolerance. And hopefully it as the swelling goes down, it starts to get a little bit easier for him to deal with. He'll be getting the best care possible uh, around the clock. They'll make sure physically, you know, physical therapy. Uh, they're going to make sure that they continue to ice it. They're going to take every single situation to get Debo Samuel's shoulder in line and we'll know a lot more tomorrow is what Kyle Shanahan said when he talks to the media. What's up to Steve-O, Steve-O in chat and Randy elite Daytona. I love the elite edition. Randy says Detroit has one superstar, a wide receiver. What's interesting about Detroit's team is when you look at it, there's three distinct things that I noticed. Number one, first off, Amon Ross St. Brown is a beast. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown can create separation both with good route running and using his physical gifts to just bully people. Uh, also, once he gets the ball in his hands, he's great after the catch, getting extra yardage and breaking tackles. 
So Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be a focus of the 49ers. My guess would be that Charvarius Ward is going to go wherever he goes. Now, if you're in a base set and you're not in your nickel package and Lenore's on the outside, you can play Lenore on Amon Ross St. Brown. If you're in nickel package, you have to make sure Charvarius Ward or Diameter Lenore are lined up on Amon Ross St. Brown. Do not allow it to be Amon Ra on Ambry Thomas. That's number one. Number two, Sam Laporta. Uh, Sam Laporta is a real issue in this game, and 49ers have done great against tight ends. They see a good tight end every single day of practice, but the 49ers have to make sure that they take advantage of bracketing, doing whatever they can to get the ball um, away from Laporta. So making sure you have Lenore or having Charverius Ward, who I prefer, taking care of Amon Ross St. Brown. And St. Brown's still going to get catches. It's just the facts. St. Brown is a good player. So I think that that's going to be number one. And then you're going to have Laporta number two that are going to have to work on. You want to leave Ambry Thomas on Reynolds. You want to leave him on Williams. Uh, let those two guys compete with Ambry Thomas. And hopefully Ambry Thomas can hold his own. And then the third thing that's really noticeable is Jameer Gibbs. Uh, Jameer Gibbs has that dynamic ability in the run game. He has dynamic ability in the pass game. So Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw are going to be tasked with handling him uh, out in coverage. And then they're also going to have to make sure they stop him. Now, one thing interesting about last week, if you look at the overall numbers against Green Bay, you see they had 108 yards rushing. You think the Forest had a really bad game stopping the run. But really, the first half was where they were bad. Uh, they were allowing those big plays outside on the push and pull and then our pin and pull and were able to get good runs. But later on in the football game, the 49ers made the adjustments they needed to make, and it was highly successful. Wow. Gray Fox, thank you so much for the super chat. Your previews are elite. I look forward every week for your analysis. Keep up the amazing work. Gray Fox, thank you so much for the super chat. I appreciate that. Uh, I try to put a lot, a lot of time and effort into studying film, so that way I can make sure that I give the best possible analysis po that I can, and I appreciate so much the super chat. Uh, that means so much. Gray Fox, you're the best. I really appreciate you. So thanks for the super chat there. That was uh, fantastic. And yeah, I'm looking forward to this one this week. We're, we're, I've been grinding on the film, uh, watching Detroit as much as possible because it doesn't get bigger than this game. That is for sure. Um, what's up, Kenneth? Kenneth says, I hope we use number 24. That could be huge. And so referring to Jordan Mason, it's interesting. I thought that we were going to see some of Elijah Mitchell or Jordan Mason or both last week. But I thought that because I thought they were going to have a lead consistently against Green Bay, I thought they were going to kind of get things going in the run game. I thought maybe even they would use a little bit of uh, the pass game to soften up the defense, which I think they wanted to do. And then they were unable to consistently get, you know, the pass game effective, the run game effective uh, to be able to kind of bury at the end. So I'm hoping that you're right. I'm hoping that's the case. It's going to be, a little bit of a different game, but I think the 49ers want to grind this thing out and get some yards on the ground. Here's the issue. When you look at the Detroit Lions, they're really effective in stopping the run. The place they're not as effective is stopping the pass. So how much do you turn to the passing game uh, knowing that that is a huge advantage for you and Detroit is one of the worst at tackling in the open field? And how much do you go to that run game? I think Kyle Shanahan's got to find some sort of a balance. I think he would love to get the run game going. But the truth is, the 49ers need to execute better in the run game. They need to execute better at blocking. 
I just put up my first half breakdown of the offense on Patreon. I don't think I've actually loaded it, but it's loading right now. Um, it wasn't good. And, you know, I like to try to see the silver lining in things, but the truth is coaching point wise, they, the Packers were doing a good job with late motion. They were able to disengage from offensive linemen. It was not the best for the 49ers that I've seen them look. So they've got to get better uh, to be able to do that. But yeah, I would love to see some Mason, uh, see some Elijah Mitchell, especially if it's situations where the 49ers are up and absolutely pounding the football uh, when it comes to Elijah Mitchell, he doesn't fumble. That might give him a little advantage, but I get what you're saying here. Randy Elite Daytona again says, hey, Ant, I deeply uh, dove into Laporta and Gibbs numbers. While the numbers are good, they are not super impressive. Uh, yeah, I just, I see their effect. And sometimes the the numbers, you know, I, I like that you got into the numbers, Randy. That's that's fantastic. Continue the Continue the grind. I like when people get involved and get into uh, the nitty-gritty of football because that's when it's important, uh, looking at the numbers, looking at the X's and O's. But I think it's the effect that they have on how they uh, get the attention of the defense. A lot of times, players and their effectiveness can't just be measured by the time they have the balls in their the ball in their hands, but also how they affect the defense. And that's why when you look at Debo, a lot of people are – always wondering why Debo has so much an effect on the 49ers offense. It's because the amount of eyeballs that are on him from every single play, no matter where he's lined up, there's somebody focused on him. And as he goes in motion, you can see six, seven guys move at one time, focusing on Debo. Uh, he could not even get the ball yet influence three defenders to stay in place. Those types of things are huge. And when you look at Laporta, I think a lot of times it's the threat of Laporta because Laporta is a tough matchup. He's too too good athletically for most linebackers. He's too strong athletically or too strong for most nickel corners. And then most safeties, there's not a lot of guys that can hang with him when it comes to just turning and running. Uh, so it becomes a matchup issue. So then defenses go ahead and they want to take him away. So they use more than one player to do so. When you do that, that opens up other things in other areas. That's when all of a sudden you get a one-on-one -on -one situation with Amon Ross St. Brown. Or you get so many guys focused there. Jameer Gibbs runs a little Texas route or a swing route and has open field to be able to make something happen. So it's kind of a cause and effect, but you're right. I mean, neither one of them have been the most uh, you know, uh, productive players. But when you look at some Laporta, I am still very concerned about Laporta, and I'm concerned about Amon Ross St. Brown in this matchup as well. Let's see what we got going on. Uh, Donald Johnson's in the house. And what's up, Rick? Rick says, what's going on, my friend? Let's go, 49ers. Let's get the W this Sunday. I know we could do it. The 49ers are good. We got a good quarterback. We got a good defensive line. And, yeah, I think the defensive line uh, definitely is taking some, some heat this week. Most of it uh, warranted. They did not get home for any sacks. Um, and, you know, you look at the numbers and you say, you know what? They didn't play good against the run. But I brought it up a little bit earlier. Before Aaron Jones busted that big 53-yard run in the fourth quarter, he had 55 yards on the game. He was averaging 3.2 yards per carry. So they were doing better in the run game than I thought, and I think a lot of that was second-half adjustments by Steve Wilkes. But make no mistake, this defensive line is going to have to play really good in this game against Detroit, and they're going against a very good offensive line. Uh, Nick Bosa versus Pine Sewell is probably going to be a matchup to watch because those guys are going to absolutely battle out there. But I think when you're looking at this matchup and the and the run game against this defensive line, I think Armstead made a huge difference. 
I expect the 49ers to go in there with an intent to stop Montgomery, to stop Jameer Gibbs. And if they can slow them down, then that's really going to help their team because third and long situations are not good for Jared Goff because when he is blitzed, he's a 62.3% quarterback rating. So 49ers have some opportunities to get home against Jared Goff and influence what he does. And I think they're very comfortable knowing that he's not as great under pressure uh, than he is with a clean pocket. When he's got a clean pocket, Jared Goff is, is really good, especially this season. He has been fantastic. Uh, Randy says that Gibbs had just two games over 50 yards receiving. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the focus is not on Jameer Gibbs in the passing game. He just has the threat. I think where he's been doing his damage recently has been more so in the run game. Last week, the explosive run, uh, you know, goes ahead and, and breaks it for a touchdown. Those are the kinds of things you're you're looking at, and you're like, okay, I got to make sure I hold them up. But mainly, you just have to account for them, and just the accounting is the big thing. Donald Johnson says, "Will Debo play?" Uh, I think this is just my personal opinion, but I believe he will. I don't know how much he's going to hurt by the time we get to Sunday. I do like the fact that he's going to have eight days to rest, uh, basically from the shoulder. Um, as a guy who's had shoulder injuries before, they're not fun. And yes, they hurt a lot. And so it can be very miserable. It can be very painful. You can't move your arm very well. Uh, I expect Debo Samuel to get the best treatment. And I expect at some point he will feel like he can play in this game. But uh, it's not going to be comfortable. He's probably going to have to gut through it. But I think just knowing that he's going to have two weeks off if the 49ers win and that opportunity to go play for a Super Bowl, uh, I think that's going to be too enticing for Debo to just stay out of this game. Can the 49ers win the game without Debo? Yes. Would it be very difficult? Yes. With Debo in the lineup, this 49ers offense is very, very good. Uh, 30 points a game type offense with Debo. Without him, it's not it's not quite there. So I think he'll go gut it out and he'll play because I think he's a competitor. Plus, I think he does want a little taste of C.J. Gardner-Johnson. But also, I think part of the reason he's going to play is Kyle Shanahan knows, even if I could use Debo early as a decoy, I could get myself a couple of really good drives before Detroit figures out that Debo would just be a decoy. Of course, my overall hope is that Debo is just ready to go full speed and able to get some things done. Um, you know, in the in the in the passing game, in the run game, and just really put Detroit on their heels because their secondary is not that great. They give up almost 260 yards per game. They have exciting players. They have guys who who fly around and put pressure on the quarterback. Uh, but you know, it's just one of those things. I think that the, you know with Debo in the line of the Fournier's could get some things done in the passing game. Uh, Rick says the secondary's got to be better, tightened up. Those corners stop the run to the line and scrimmage, protect the ball, no penalties. Uh, you're on to something there. The When you're talking about this secondary, there were some falls. There were some, some slips that really inflated the numbers for Green Bay. They gave them some big-time plays. Charverius Ward falling against Romeo Dobbs. He gets the big play down the field, down the sideline. Deshaun Gibson falls, gives up a touchdown. And then you add those timely penalties by Ambry Thomas for the first one. I'm glad he did it because he got beat. Uh, but the second one, just bad technique. He was on Bo Belton, and he wrapped him up with his hands. That's just not good work. And so, yeah, the four yards need to figure it out. And then when it comes to uh, playing in the run game and the run fits, Ambry Thomas didn't set the edge very good sometimes. Logan Ryan came up at the wrong angle and didn't get the right run fit and fill. Uh, so there are definitely some things that need to be tightened up. I don't know if it'll be Logan Ryan again or if it'll be Jair Brown. I think it's going to be interesting. I think as far as the run game goes, 
Uh, Jair Brown is a better run defender than Logan Ryan, and he would probably be good at stopping Detroit's offense in the run game. But when it comes to the passing game, you don't want explosive plays, especially in the Super Bowl. You want plays that you that you keep underneath and limit the effectiveness of the offense. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what Steve Wilkes decides to do in the secondary at the safety position. Randy says, but you're right, Ant. They're just numbers and not measurement of live game and play talent. And I think it's a matchup league, uh, Randy. So sometimes it just depends on who they're going against. The numbers might reflect absolutely, completely how something is, and sometimes it doesn't. Um, but when you're looking at matchups for Jameer Gibbs, I like the 49ers against Jameer Gibbs because we've got Fred Warner and Drake Greenlaw, two of the best coverage linebackers in the league. So for me, I like it. Uh, the same way with Laporta, I'm not, you know, not too worried about Laporta in a couple of cents. I do think he's going to make catches. He's going to make plays, but to like go off and have an extreme game, I think the 49ers can match him with some certain looks. I think that if they had more, another dynamic receiver uh, beyond Amon Ross St. Brown, the 49ers would be uh, probably in some, in some struggles because of Ambry Thomas and his ineffectiveness. Now I'm hoping Ambry Thomas comes out, steps up and plays the game of his life. Cause if he does, this defense is going to be really, really good, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's 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 stressful. That is for sure. Uh, let's see what we got going on. Um, Rick says our offensive line uh, got to block and protect our quarterback. Got to block and protect our quarterback. They're going that into a regular season now. They've got to go right back where they started. Uh, yeah, they've got to do better. I think that there were some big plays down the field that were missed in this football game where they had opportunities to get the ball. You know, for big time plays, Ayuk, uh, Jawan Jennings. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk, and the reason that they were missed is just didn't quite have enough time. Brock Purdy needed a half a half a second more, and then he could have had some big plays down the field for touchdowns that would have completely changed the game. But you don't have that, and you got to give credit to the Packers. They did a good job putting pressure on Brock Purdy, but the offensive line needs to hold up a little better. It's never a good thing when George Kittle chips for Sean Gary and delays his pass rush against Colt McKivitz, and McKivitz still gives up a pressure. That kind of stuff can't happen, that is for sure. What's up to Freddie McDre? Freddie McDre in the house. How's it going, Freddie? Always good to see you in chat. Um, I think it's, you know, I, I really appreciate you coming through and checking it out. And Donald says, hey, what's your thoughts about Thomas lately, Ant? Um, you know, when it comes to Ambry, I thought there have been moments where I really felt he was settling into his game and he was playing really good. I thought he was doing it better than I've ever seen him before, reading through the wide receiver to the quarterback in his own coverage. Those types of things have been good. I thought he had been playing with less cushion, driving through the football better than I'd seen him before. You could tell it was a lot of Steve Wilkes. What I saw in this game was a little bit different. I saw him really committing to trying to take things away and them taking advantage of him. And then I just th I thought that the real, the real problem was just grabbing on to Bo Melton. If you could have told me that he just got the one pass interference call on Romeo Dobbs at the beginning of the game, I could have lived with that because uh, he was beat. And when you're beat like that, yes, grab onto them, hold onto them, prevent the touchdown. Hopefully you can get a stop. And the truth is the 49ers did get a stop. They held them to a field goal. So that one I'm not as mad about. What I am mad about is the Bo Melton one because he was right there in his hip pocket. All he had to do was keep his hand on him without pushing, pulling, and just knock the ball away at the right hand. And if he would have done that, uh, it would have been a completely different game. That was third and long. The four yards would have got the ball back. Uh, those times of plays are huge. And 
right off the bat, they go and they score a touchdown and they just made big plays when they had to make them. So uh, to me, that is something I don't like. I still have faith that Ambry Thomas can figure this thing out because I have faith in Steve Wilkes and he has faith in Ambry. But with every moment, I find ways uh, to protect Ambry Thomas. And that's why I talk about Charverius Ward uh, potentially traveling with Amon Ross St. Brown. And when you're in your nickel package, you make sure Diameter Lenore or Charverius Ward are the ones covering Amon Ra because you just can't run the risk of Ambry Thomas getting beat uh, and there being more big plays. The 190 uh, plus yards receiving for Green Bay Packers are through the air. Uh, that's not that great. But when you have big defensive penalties, you know, like the one to Dobbs for over 20 yards, uh, the 41 the yard play on the pass interference. That's another 60 net yards for Green Bay and penalties. You can't have that happen. That is for sure. Uh, Kenneth says, I'm so hoping the 49ers Chiefs Super Bowl. So everyone will shut up as we plan our parade, especially Nick pointy nose whining voice, right? Oh, and Ryan Clark. <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of 49ers in that locker room that are hearing this stuff that want to, that want to shut some people up. Um, I've never appreciated the national media more as much as it's agonizing and frustrating that they are criticizing consistently Brock Purdy, a guy who doesn't deserve it. He does everything right. He's a humble, good person and doesn't deserve the criticism that he gets. I say, keep bringing it because the more that the national media and the media gets loud, it creates a us versus everybody mentality. And the 49ers just had a galvanizing win against the Green Bay Packers. Now they can bring everyone tight together. They can patten the hatches. They can go all for one, one for all, and go get this big win. Uh, what's better than a team that's really good? All of a sudden, uh, everyone wanting them to lose. It's time for them to kind of get their play with the chip on their shoulder. And now the 49ers have that chip. So you're right. I want all these guys to get shut up. I want the 49ers to win the Super Bowl. And that way, uh, they all just have to be quiet and finally give some respect. We all know they still won't give the complete respect to Brock Purdy, but at least that the 49ers and Brock Purdy will feel good about it uh, when they get to that point. So uh, uh, Randy says probably also affects your neck and turning your head. Good point about Debo. Uh, yeah, it could. And the good news was I had, I had heard of this early on when he fractured his shoulder, he wasn't able to even lift it. Uh, so this time he was, so that's good, but you're right. Your effects on your neck. There's also lots of nerves that run that way. That can be effect as well. We've we've had stinger problems with Brock Purdy, uh, so yeah, that's a good point, Randy. Well, well done. It's it's definitely not fun. Um, and Rick's Rick's for sure. Debo's going to play. Said so yeah, he's going to play. He wants to play. He said I want to play. We'll find out Sunday. Long way to go. It is. It's a long way to go till Sunday. We got a lot of conversations to have. I'm really excited about all of the conversations because uh, when it comes down to it. You just, you know, this game is it's just so cool because Detroit has been so good all year and the 49ers have been good all year. And minus like some, you know, losses here and there, these two teams have been uh, statistically and consistently one of the best. Uh, if you go check out my tail of the tape video, I go through the numbers for each team and they're pretty close. Similarly, they both run the football effectively. 49ers, 138 yards a game. You look at Detroit, 131 yards a game. Uh, they both pass the ball through the air. Uh, pretty good. Both of them over 250 yards a game. Very, very good. You look at Goff's numbers compared to Purdy, uh, pretty, pretty consistent with each other. Purdy just better 
than him in completion percentage, quarterback rating, uh, and interceptions. And Goff, because he's played the extra game, he's got an extra touchdown, but very equivalent between the two the two teams. Uh, defense, both of them stopped the run. Uh, Detroit gives up 88 yards per game. 49ers give up 92 yards per game on the ground. Uh, pass defense is where you find an advantage 49ers. 49ers, 213 yards per game they give up. Detroit, over 250 yards per game. That's the one weakness for Detroit. That and the 49ers are uh, becoming elite on third down, 48% conversion rate on third down, where Detroit is at 41. So those could be some big things, too, as we look to see how these guys stay on the field and you know potentially extend drives. So I'm really excited about the game. It's going to be a good one. I think it's going to be a lot of fun um, you know, for how these guys go. Uh, Randy says, maybe we can play a box and one with Amon. Uh, maybe. You know, it's going to be interesting. You know, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see the way they play Amon Ross St. Brown because, I mean, you got to give him respect and credit. And I've been watching Amon Ross St. Brown since he was at USC, a very talented guy. I always wondered if he had enough speed. Well, what he's done is he's really shown that he can create separation, kind of a la, you know, Jawan Jennings, where it's a guy that doesn't have like elite speed can create separation and don't get me wrong Amon Ra is not slow he's good but I think that that's the number one goal for the 49ers is limiting his effectiveness it's not taking him away because with big time players like that you don't take them away you limit their effectiveness you make sure that their catches come in good situations where you can kind of bring them down underneath and so that's why I think 49ers are really going to count on their defense having early down success stopping the run of Montgomery and Gibbs and allowing there to be third and long situations where you can play coverage and tackle rally and tackle underneath. Now, with that being said, you have to rally and tackle. So even though the 49ers haven't been great at tackling this year, they still tackle better uh, than Detroit lions, Detroit lions give up 120, I think it's 128 tackles this year that they missed 49ers are at 62, just to show you the difference. But the, you have to make sure you tackle Amon Ross St. Brown and Sam Laporta and don't allow them to get those extra yards and convert uh, when you do allow them that space underneath you to rally and tackle. And I do believe they need to blitz. I think Steve Wilkes needs to come up with a blitz package to consistently come after um, Jared Goff. I mean, Goff is just, that's where his weaknesses are. You look at their weakness, that's a weakness is Goff under pressure. It's going to be fun. This game is going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited about it. Um, Rick says the faithful love this team. We love you, George Kittle. We love your, uh, we love Warner, Nick Bosa, Chase Young. We love this team. So you guys, if we get the win, it's good. The guys can do it. You guys are the best team. Yeah. Rick is talking to the 49ers and I love it. Good job, Rick. Uh, Randy says, I felt bad for Amon Ra at the draft. He was sitting there so long. The teams that pass on him are now kicking themselves. Happens a lot in this league. Guys go unnoticed. And uh, then they end up being big-time players. Look at Brock Purdy. I mean, Brock Purdy had competed in college. I mean, and then he comes up and he makes uh, you know, some big-time plays, and now he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But you're right, Amon Ross St. Brown, he's the real deal. Uh, probably shouldn't have been overlooked. He was a good player. What's up to David Villa? David Villa in the house says, what up, Niner family? Coach Ant, what up, buddy? We did it again. NFC Championship game, two wins away, faithful. Yeah, and this is, you know, besides 2020, the 49ers have been in the NFC Championship every single year since 2019. Uh, that's that's incredible. I mean, think about what we're talking about. Four in the last five years, this is that elite company type stuff. 
we are absolutely lucky to be 49er fans and get to witness consistent winning football. John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan came here in 2017 with the mindset that they were going to build a team that could consistently compete. And that's exactly what they've done. And think about this. We don't even have the same quarterback. Uh, we have a lot of wholesale changes at several positions, but yet we went through what, a, a, a pro a hall of fame tackle of Joe Staley to a hall of fame tackle and Trey Williams. The 49ers have hit and fired on all cylinders. We are very, very lucky to be 49er fans and have the team that we have, but this is go time. The 49ers were expected to get it done last year. They were actually expected to get it done in 2021 and they didn't. It was a missed interception. It was some uh, struggles on the offensive side of the ball with Jimmy being hurt. That really hurt them in 2022. Brock Purdy got hurt and that limited his effective or limited the team's effectiveness because Josh Johnson got hurt as well. That game was over pretty early. Now you've got an opportunity and you have to go get it done. How many more opportunities will this 49ers team have? How many opportunities will this core group have? Uh, there's probably not that many out there. Now I'm not closing the door, but you want to win one right now. That way it, you, you don't know if it's going to have an opportunity to get back to the NFC championship next year. So I think that, uh, this is an opportunity for them, then they got to take advantage of it. And what's up to what's up to Paul? Uh, he says, hashtag TCC. Hey, Ant, could Shanahan's lack of running and weird play calling be attributed to not just playing a game uh, by game plan? So here's the interesting part is I've been doing the film breakdown of the game. And what I saw was uh, not like a crazy a way that Kyle was going about it. Um, so Green Bay did some interesting things in this matchup. Number one, they overcommitted to the motion and took advantage of what Kyle was doing as far as motion. And I thought they put their defensive players in great situations uh, to be able to create obvious lanes for them to get to uh, the runners without the offensive linemen being able to get to their necessary lanes to block them, especially second-level guys, Quay Walker, Campbell. They did a really good job. That's number one. Number two, they ran a lot of 6-1 formations, which is more advantageous to throw the football. Uh, you have extra lanes, you have opportunities to throw the ball. Four yards weren't clicking and hitting on those. So I think that there were some opportunities that were missed for sure. I thought Green Bay came in with a very good game plan, especially in the first half, to limit the effectiveness of the 40 yards run game, which they did. They held the 49ers to 3.2 or 3.6 yards per carry uh, for most of the game, except for when Christian McCaffrey had the explosive run. And I think that is where you saw the 49ers start taking advantage of the second half. Kyle Shanahan adjusted to what he was seeing uh, from, from the, the defense and what they had came up with. And uh, by doing that, you got some good runs. You got the big touchdown on the 18 uh, toss from uh, Christian McCaffrey. And then you got a touchdown later in the game where they had everyone loaded in the box, but they've got, they worked the numbers to be able to get it. So I, I see what you're talking about. I want him to run the ball more too. I thought they didn't get as many good looks as maybe um, that it, it appeared on film, because if you're just looking for two eye safeties to run the ball, uh, you found a lot of them, but I thought that they weren't as effective in the passing game. And if they would have been as effective in the passing game early, it really would have helped that run game get going. I wish it could have been more uh, successful, but, um, and I, I think that he did call the game a little bit different once Debo went out. So yes, there could have been some things. There were some plays that were bad calls. I, I got to be completely honest. Uh, and I've said this consistently, um, you know, it, there was some bad calls. He made calls that it ran right into the coverage, but he also made some really good calls. And there were some, some near misses that could have been explosive, huge plays that could have flipped this game on, on their, on his head. So uh, I think it did throw him off a lot 
uh, with Debo Samuel being out. And I know how that is as a play caller. Uh, you you miss one guy like that that has a unique skill set, and you put in a game plan that was featuring him to use him, not just getting the ball, but as a decoy. And all of a sudden, you don't have that. Yes, you have to adjust on the fly, and it's not easy because when it comes to Debo, it's not as easy to say, hey, McCaffrey, take that role. Because if you do, you're not as effective with McCaffrey's position because then Elijah Mitchell and Jordan Mason are doing it, and they're not as good in the passing game. So uh, I think it was a, a real problem for him. It takes like five, six dudes to do what Debo does. And I thought that they were never uh, really comfortable with what they were doing, but they did enough to score 24 points. So it could be a big pre- reason why. Uh, but I think also I got to give respect to Green Bay for what they went out there and did. And I got to say, defensive line and defensive linebackers for Green Bay were effectively disengaging from blocks and making plays on uh, plays the Fortnite normally execute for big for big gains. They just weren't as good this game. Uh, what's up? Uh, what's up? Foto says prediction 35, 10 Niners. No worries. I like that. I, I, I like the confidence. I really do. I mean, that's what you got to do. You got to be confident and you got to, you know, go out there and get a big win. So, um, I think that, you know, the 49ers are set for 35 to 10 would be an impressive win. Uh, but I would take it. Randy says, Hey, can we have a moment of silence for the bills? Poor team. They are perennial playoff losers. Did I see Scott Norwood out there? Yikes. I hope we don't become the new Bills. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, that's unfortunate. That game came down to the last second, and, you know, you have a kicker in a situation you don't want to have a kicker in. You want to make sure you're the one kneeling on the football to win the game, and it, it came back to bite them in the end, and there were some misplays. There's missed opportunities. Uh, Josh Allen has yet to beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. That's something he's going to have to overcome at some point in his career. I don't see that for the 49ers. Uh, they don't have Patrick Mahomes in the NFC, luckily, but who knows? You might end up seeing Brock Purdy versus Patrick Mahomes uh, out there. So it, it could happen. We'll we'll see what happens. Uh, Donald says, I believe the play where Jennings was running back is because it was supposed to be to Debo play. It wasn't removed by mistake when Debo went out. Uh, yes, it was. Uh, that Kyle even said it was a mistake. Uh, Jawan Jennings was not supposed to be running back, but that's what happens. And even in the last half of the game in the last drive, you started seeing them run some of the plays that are Debo staples, Chris Conley backing up, right. Being available for the screen, Debo staple safeties always uh, come up, fly up on him and you get some, some good situations down the field. No one reacted. George Kittle being in the backfield next to yeah him and, and McCaffrey opposite or opposite of uh, Brock Purdy. And then you get Debo going, I'm sorry, McCaffrey going one way, George Kittle going the other uh, the same things they do with Debo. They started finally using all those players in the Debo role. They just don't get as much attention as Debo. It's just the way it is. So uh, that's just kind of how you know the 49ers had to roll in that game. But I- I'm excited to see you know what they do uh, as far as you know this game. Uh, do they go with a full game plan again with Debo? I think if he's going to play. You have to have a Debo game plan. But I think this team is going to be focused on making sure. That doesn't happen again where they don't get uh, into so much trouble. Kyle said it happened against Cleveland and it happened in this one. Just this time they were able to overcome and play it a lot better. So uh, very successful uh, for the 49ers compared to what it was before. Um, Guys, like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already on that push for 5K. Really appreciate it. Uh, This episode of 49ers Cutback was brought to you by Bet Online, where the game starts. I'm going to check out. I'll catch you guys all on the next one. Until then, stay safe and remember the right way is always the 49ers way.